Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yemin Son, from inside his own half, has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Evening folks, and welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order. Um, it's Tapping Tobes here. I'm on hosting duties this week, freshly back from holiday. Um, freshly back from Spurs, getting a little sat and sat at the Emirates. Um, obviously, it's it's crazy. I think it's holiday season because Owen himself is actually on holiday this week, so I'm, I'm I'm stepping in for him. But of course, I'm joined by three three loyal co-hosts as well. Um, I'll start with our newest co-host. Oh, he's just disappeared, so I'm not going to start with him. So <laughs> I'm going to start with the man who have been here from the jump. I'm going to start firstly with Tops. AKA Booker T, how you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy. Um, feeling positive after uh, a decent result at the weekend. Uh, more so for the performance than actually the result at this point. But yeah, man, always good. Always good. Good, good, good. And um, I'll come to Sai, AKA Kevin Nyash, AKA 
Sistradamus. How you doing, bro? You good? You know the vibes. You know the vibes. I'm testing the angles in my crystal ball. <laughs> we, got, we got to test the angles on your new hairline as well. The trip from Turkey. I know. <laughs> you are a dickhead. <laughs> you are a dickhead. You were waiting for us to go live to say that. Do you know what's mad? Do you know what's mad, yeah? Before I, before I introduce Ash, do you know what's mad? When I was in the line to, um, to put our bags in up for the flat back, I literally saw a guy with a like he was wearing like um like a he was wearing one of those like headbands around his 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 head and it said Dr. Sikin or something like that and dude literally had a hair transplant fresh and he had the doctor's branding on this headband and he's just there waiting in line to, to drop his bag. You dialed that number as soon as you saw it. <laughs> yeah, I said wow we are really in Turkey. We're really in Turkey. Um Ash, before you disappeared, man, um, we need to get you a, a NSO nickname, man. Um, we can't just keep referring to you as just Ash, bro. What you said? Nicknames, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even thought about that. I can't lie. I'm not having that nickname that these men propose. I don't. He's Conan. He's Conan. He's Conan. He's Conan. You don't like that, yeah? Fair enough, man. Fair you know what? It's not that deep, man. I'll, I'll run with it. I'll run with it. Fair, 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 man. Good, 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 man. Good, man. Um, before those, before we actually get into it, for those who are watching or listening, make sure you're checking us out on socials as well. We're, we're putting up some pretty cool content nowadays on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And you can find it with one word uh, to search, which is New Spurs Border. Don't wear it out as well. Um, I feel like everyone's happy, but not for the reasons that the ops are mentioning, because I've seen a lot of over celebration remarks and all of this, all of this malarkey. You know, you know the same old rhetoric that comes out whenever, whenever the the ops from Woolwich don't get the oh, result. Spurs mentality. Exactly, exactly. So uh, celebrating, celebrating a draw. So let's let's just jump straight into. It. Obviously, Spurs uh, played Arsenal away. <coughs> at, we don't really have the best of records there, but um, we were able to get a a two two draw out of the game. Um, I guess, Sai, I'll start with you because I, I feel like your your prediction was was pretty spot on, to be fair. 2-2 draw, Sun stamping his authority on the game. Um, let's, before we actually break down the game itself, like, what was it that made you go with with, with that prediction? Like, what was, what, <laughs> what was telling you that, yeah, Spurs are going to get this 2-2 draw? And yes, it's definitely Sun that's going to get us the point. So I think I think if you look at the way the team t- the two teams set up, we like to we like teams to press us high, and once we beat that first line of press, we're gung ho towards goal. And in the moments where we did have uh, a foothold in the game, we managed to break that press, and we managed to get guys running in behind. And Arsenal were at sixes and sevens trying to figure out where we were at, and. They have quality across the pitch, but they don't necessarily have the robustness to be able to soak up pressure for prolonged periods. And they don't really have 1v1 defenders outside of uh, Saliba and Gabriel. So from that standpoint, Sun is always going to find some sort of space. Guys like Madison were always going to find pockets to be effective. And ultimately, guys like Basuma are going to be able at periods to stamp a little bit of authority and show their quality. And that's pretty much what happened. Fair, fair, fair enough, man. Um, I mean, it was, he definitely found the space, but I also feel like he, 
he finished really, really well on on the day. But let's let's actually just go one step back then. Let's let's talk about how the game transpired because I don't know. I, I felt like it was very much a game of of not not so much two halves because I I felt like we finished the half strongly. But I felt like I saw a similar pattern to how Spurs have been throughout the season in the sense where we sort of start slow in the game and then progressively we get better and better and better. So, Tops, I want to come to you on this as well, right? Um, obviously, Ange went with an unchanged team um, from the from the team that started against... Actually, no, sorry, one change. Brendan Johnson came in on the left for, for Solomon. Um, what were your thoughts on the starting eleven and how we sort of started that game specifically in the first 35 minutes because I think a lot of Arsenal fans their beef is oh the game should have been out of sight we should have ended the game in 35 minutes as if that's how football as if that's how football usually works so what were your thoughts on the lineup and the and the, the first half performance um the lineup I was I was actually quite happy with um when I think about how we've been setting up in the last few weeks and then um the run that Solomon has kind of had, I kind of felt that Mimi, we can, we could definitely upgrade him, but I never really envisaged that he would even try um, uh, Ben Johnson on the left. And to be honest with you, to be able to have that sort of uh, speed merchant transition sort of player, I think was actually really important because once you break that uh, press that they have and get in between, get, get through the lines or at least that first line, generally it, it, it I wouldn't say it's open season, but you can very much get at them, especially at the flanks through against Ben White and Zinchenko. The first, I would like, in the group, I was, I, was, I was frustrated in the first half because especially those first half an hour, I felt like they realised what our game was. We were very comfortable and in trying to attempt to play from the back. Um, and I, the way that they were set up defensively, it almost looked like they were setting traps for us. And the person that, that seemed to be that seemed to be the most prone to this was when Romero was getting the ball. I kind of felt like maybe it was a mixture of nerves uh, because you saw like, uh, like really loose touches from people like Porro, Johnson, um, Saar in those first sort of 30 minutes. And rightly so. Um, like you said, in games this season, we have actually started slow. We often actually need a little bit of time to kind of work ourselves into the game. Um, we did that at Burnley away. We did we did that against uh, Brentford on the first day. Even against Man United, that first sort of twenty minutes, we you know we were a little bit under it. But sometimes as well, as long as you can get through that get through that moment, and like we saw on in the game on Sunday, they're not going to be able to sustain that for the whole amount of amount of time. And once we were able to get on the ball, you started making passes that were breaking their lines and getting in amongst their fullbacks. Zinni had a few, had a few, had a couple times that he was able to run at Zinchenko, and, and Brendan Johnson was able to get in uh, behind uh, White. The game definitely started to open up. Like I do, I think there's, I think I do hear what a lot of them were saying about us, you know, um, taking risk in certain areas and possibly almost giving the game away, the game being possibly changed if it went two nil. But I think that's been a number of that's been the case a number of times this season. We we took risks. Um, quite a few risks, I think, um, against Brentford, and we took quite a few risks at home against Man United. But to be honest with you, I think it's just a testament to what Andrew's doing in terms of him wanting us to continue playing the same way and having the confidence in the players to be able to technically do what he's asking them to do. And that's how I think it kind of went in those first half an hour, that first half an hour of the game. Yeah, that 
I, I think that's that's a fair point as well. I feel like to pick up on the last bit you mentioned, it's about <laughs> having the the confidence to to continue to play that way, even under intense pressure as well, right? Because I think we we also even though when you're watching the game, you're thinking like even me, I'm you know me, I'm a serial panicker, right? And I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, oh, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. But then you have to take a step back and realize that this is still a fairly new team and we're going away from home to the team that finished second in the league last year, one of the best pressing teams in the land at, at, at this point in time. So it was never going to be an easy game for us. And I do feel like it showed in the first 35 minutes because I do think we did struggle to get out of our half a couple of times, simply because I feel like some nerves, but mo mostly I felt like Arsenal's press was, was quite good. But Ash, I, I wanted to come to you on this as well because um, I, I felt like... How do you feel um, about the team when it comes to us playing against sides like Arsenal who are going to press us as high as they did and who are going to put us under immediate pressure um, from the time in which Vicari actually takes the ball out of his feet and passes it to a Romero or a Poro? Like, how do you feel like the team are equipped to deal with these kinds of sides? Do you know what? Firstly, I just, I just want to give credit to them, man. Like, the way they stuck at it, believed in what, what the coach is telling them to do. Yeah, it didn't work for the first half an hour, but credit to them, man. They didn't panic. They stuck to it. They 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 literally worked themselves into the game. And it's very it's very easy not to just kind of get swept away into the motions, you know, being at the Emirates, the fans. It's very easy not to just to get swept away. Um, I do hear the point that Jesus could have wrapped up the game. It's a fair point, but then if you want to do ifs, buts and maybes, I can sit here and say, but what if Brennan Johnson scored his chance? What if that, uh, do you get what I'm saying? What if, what if, uh, what if Saka's bollocks goal didn't deflect into the back of the net? What, what if you didn't get that very debatable penalty decision, right? But firstly, I want to say their press, that is an elite press, man. Like, that is that, that we found it tough. We 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 found it tough. It bro, I was watching it shocked. I was like, yeah, this is this is mad. Their press was in it, it was top, top quality. But for that, those kind of things, you just gotta stick to what you believe in, ride it out, because eventually they'll tire out. But I do think that there were a few key moments in that game, obviously, especially second half. I think Rice going off the pitch made a massive difference into into to allowing us to do what we did even though first half we kind of got into it and i just feel like i kind of i i praise the team for 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 sticking to the principles getting the goal that was a great goal by the way madison actually started the attack by that lob through ball to kulisevsky right he started the attack got up the pitch and was the assist to end the attack so I, I was, I, I, listen, I walked away from that game slightly disappointed that we didn't win the game. I'm not going to lie, right? But at the same time, I'm happy that I've seen that this team won't just, you know, go through the motions and, and, and get swept away in the big occasion and the pressure and we'll stick to our principles and we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. We went all the way till the end. I do think the subs kind of killed the game, but at the same time, you had to take Madison off. You don't want to risk don't want to risk any future injuries. Um, you had to make those changes. Uh, I did think they killed the game from an attacking perspective. Like you could see, you could see 
the, the difference in quality when these guys came on. Uh, collectively, Solomon, um, Hoiberg and Richarlison. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think it's good signs that the, the team know what they're doing and hopefully add a bit more quality to our squad. And it, you know what? I think it just comes with more time. The more time you spend doing something, the more you believe in it, the more it becomes second nature. Like I, I was just, I was going to touch on your point where you said that uh, the last couple of games we started a bit shaky against United. That was a terrible start, by the way, against United. Terrible start against United. Brentford, I think as time goes on, I would like to see us start games. You know, you know how like Liverpool used to start games. As soon as that whistle goes, bang, all out. I, I, w- I think that will come with time. But do you know what? Good si- early, good. There, there were good signs, man. I, I, I was, so I was pleased yeah. with what I saw. Fair. I think um, so. Sai, I wanted to come to you on this as well before we move on to the second half. Obviously, we got our equaliser through through Sun, but I felt like before Sun got the equaliser in the first half, we had had um, the, the chances that Ash referred to two from Brennan Johnson, one which was I feel like it was. It's a good save from Raya, but really and truly, he should he should be tucking that. And the second one, listen, it is what it is. But um, I wanted to ask about uh, a point that you made during the game because I felt like in the first half um, we were a bit we were dwelling on the ball a little bit in our first phase, and it felt like when we were able to release the ball a little bit quicker from first phase to second phase, bang! Like don't don't dwell on it. Play the ball forward, bang! Then you get get some joy. Like what? How did you feel about the shift um, in momentum to end the half? Because it felt like we finished that half strongly. Obviously, these Arsenal yeah. fans talking about field tilt, field tilt, whatever. But if you look at the field tilt, the last 10, 15 minutes, it was all Spurs. <laughs> hey, listen, these 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 guys love their off, off-kilter vernacular. I'm, I'm not here for any of it. But <laughs> it goes, for me, for me, the whole first maybe 30 minutes uh, went back to what we discussed last week about Romero. Um, I don't, I don't put that sort of pressure on players unjustly. And from my, from my standpoint, we saw all of the, all of the sort of uh, casualness in his game rear his, rear his head. Ultimately, um, I don't think he releases the ball enough. I think he invites pressure onto him, and in a lot of instances, he, in a lot of moments, singularly, enhanced Arsenal's press. If if you take three seconds to shape yourself to pass the ball to a guy that's wide open in the middle of the pitch, obviously there's going to be less space three seconds from now. And that is something that comes into his game and creeps into moments over the course of games way too often for someone who is pitched as, to quote Ash, one of the best centre-backs at his age group in world football. I, I just don't see it because until he gets his decision-making to that point where he knows, okay, if I dwell a little bit, it closes all the gaps that are currently open, then I'm not I'm not buying what anyone's selling. As soon as we enhance a little bit of the tempo to our game, we're breaking through. We got the ball carriers on the ball early and often. Basuma was having a jolly up at moments, just spinning up, spinning off defenders, and just in acres of space to shift the ball to Madison. And we saw Dogi slowly get into the game after after having his 1v1 battles with Saka to where he was carrying often and frequently. We even saw Poro not really have any problems uh, managing... Uh, I know we have the Trafalgar Square Pigeon, the scatty, crackhead-looking one. They've got the Woodland Pigeon. 
but it's still a pigeon. They're still <laughs> both doo-doo. Both of those guys are doo-doo. They're not good enough. Either one of them. Jesus, bag of crap. I'm not, I'm not buying it. So, uh. I mean, for me, we've indicated. Like, we played exactly how we normally play. They troubled us a bit because they're a quality side. But I didn't really see anything, anything special about them on the day. And I feel like we managed in a lot of instances to impose ourselves and the whole second half of this of the first half i felt confident that we would get something from the result fair fair yeah i do think the end of that first half really gave me encouragement um tops i wanted to, to speak on some of these players as well right because you have the likes of romero um who i actually thought had I thought he was a bit unfortunate in the game, personally. I, I didn't think he had a bad game. I thought he was actually calm. I thought, but, he, had a, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, like, I, but uh, not just not just Romero, though. But I want to talk about some of the players who who were struggling a little bit in the first half and were able to sort of find their feet and 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 get better as the game progressed. I'm talking about mm-hmm. like Destiny as well. Um, yeah. Madison, I felt like Madison was on the periphery in the first half and then bang. That that's what we paid for. We paid for the moments of quality, right? So, yeah. uh, talk to me about um, some of the resilience in some of our players who actually face that sort of pressure and still come out of it and be able to play to play their stuff. Most notably, the goal as well. Madison's input in the first goal, the second goal, and then talk to me about um, <laughs> talk to me about how you felt Romero actually played because if we talk about the goals, really and truly, like. I know some people are saying that he was rash, like never was saying he was rash. I've listened to the commentary back, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Like 9.9 out of 10 times, a defender goes to strike that ball. He's clearing that ball into Rosette. Like yeah, the, yeah. the 0.1% time it goes in, is it really fair to call a centre-back rash off of that? Um, I, I don't think, uh, uh, for that specific action, no, I don't think it's rash. Nah. Like um, when I, like, I actually, last season, I had a real kind of agenda against this guy. I kind of looked at him funny and I've kind of given him a clean slate this season. And I feel that, like, I actually agree with what Sai is saying. And it annoys me because one of his biggest qualities, in my opinion, I think was his ability to pass. And actually, one of his really big abilities is to be able to pass in a disguised way. Sometimes someone can, someone can look that from, from, from a football perspective as being a good thing because it kind of gives the attacker, the eyes, and then a frees up an option for someone to receive it. But on, on the other side, it actually sometimes can be a bad thing because your own teammates don't even know when and where they're going to receive the ball. From a defensive perspective, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was bad. I, I thought he was. I thought he dealt with everything that that he had to. Um, the way that Arsenal play, the wingers tend to occupy uh, the fullback, so Saka kept Udogi extremely busy. Uh, Poro was kept busy by the work from Nelson and Gabriel throughout the game. And to be honest with you, I just don't think that Eddie was that much of a problem from an attacking perspective. So actually, everything that came through to Romero and um, Romero and uh, Mickey van der Ven, I felt like they dealt with quite well. I feel like for the goal, it's a difficult one. Um, I'm very much of the mindset, if you're a defender and you're going to put your foot through it, put your foot through it. And if you don't, you, if, you, if you're going to leave it, then you should leave it. But if you're going to put your foot through it, then your foot should go through it. And to be honest with you, it almost felt like he had made the decision that he was going to attempt to, attempt to clear it. And the minute he attempted to clear it, 
it didn't clearly hit the part. So honestly, it was it was a bit of a cheap one because I felt like even though Arsenal were in the ascendancy, it uh, there wasn't there was nothing in the game at that point. Like the one thing I was very surprised about was that I felt at times in the game both teams were actually very equal. I felt like they had their moments. I felt like we had their moments. We were getting into areas that that were kind of similar to the areas that they were getting into against us as well. So I felt it was a bit harsh. Um, I don't really see the point in discussing the penalty. This discourse over what is a what is and what isn't a penalty is a bit. I think it's I think it's kind of dumb now. Like in my mind, as a football man, like it's harsh, but that's a pen. If that's what the new ruling is, that's a pen. But I don't think it necessarily affected his game. Um, I. I've been really impressed with how he's performed this season. Um, I kind of felt like, um, I used to say this a lot last season, but I felt like he just needed uh, a cat to be him being a dog. And I kind of feel that like Mickey is kind of a, a mixture of both. He's very good as a front pressing defender, but he's also very calm, very laboured um, in his approach. So I kind of feel that's kind of worked. And maybe the um, him also getting the uh, vice captaincy has also maybe played a difference. Um, Udogi, again, massive, like, I don't want to say something too crazy, but, like, I genuinely feel that, like, this kid has the makings of, like, top three, four left-backs in world football in, like, the next two years. I, I really do feel that he has the qualities that I are agree. so positive in a person of such young age. Like, like I, I'm looking at him now and I'm just wondering, when's what's the next step going to be for him? Constantly, consistently playing in a, in a in the first team in the Premier League. The next step's probably going to be playing routinely and regularly. Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Lily in the Italian um, uh, setup as well. I just feel that like Saka, we, we know Saka's qualities. That's one of world football's top right wingers. We're talking top five right wingers in world football. And He's going to give anyone a torrid time. He is going to give anyone a torrid time. Whether it's a cutback, whether it's down the line, dribbles, one-on-one, post moves, he's going to do something. And I felt that like those first 20 minutes, yeah, he had he had a doggy on skates. I was looking at doggy like, raw, I ain't seen this. I ain't seen mm. this in you all season, brother. But he managed to actually get the game down to a point where he not only controlled his defensive actions because he was on a yellow card, but he was able to provide a proper attacking outlet on that left side. Arsenal fans will say, oh, we, we didn't get the ball to Saka in that second half. It was tight. Ben White didn't have much influence. But Odogi also had a lot of possession, had a lot of, won a lot of his duels in that second half. And um, he was very effective when he was on the ball. Yeah, I think I think with, with, with Destiny, one of the things that really impresses me about him, and you've seen it, uh, play out for two goals we scored against Sheffield United and against Burnley. I think it was Madison's goal. 
he's really good at winning his duels high up the pitch. Like his his offensive dueling is really really good, and he helps us win the win possession in the opposition half um, a, a reasonable amount of times, man. And I think it's more of the the mentality thing, right? And it just doesn't just apply for Destiny, but it applies for the whole team to be able to go to Arsenal's ground and even when you've been you you've had something that should really be a knock to their confidence. They're able to come out of it and still put in a commendable performance. And I think on the day, I don't actually think there were any bad performance from Spurs. And I think that's what's culminated in us, in us getting, um, getting something out of that, out of that match. Obviously, Arsenal fans to talk about injuries, but I think both teams had injuries as well. Madison had to go off in the second half. Son had to go off. Both guys carrying knocks, but it is what it is, man. Um, Ash, I guess I want to actually talk about, one player before we before we move on. I want to talk about Vicario, man, because I feel like I feel like he has actually been a really calming presence and really needs to get his his flowers at this point in time. Um what what did you make of his performance? Solid. I thought you were solid man. That was a brilliant by the way that was a unbelievable save for that Jesus chance in the foot was that the yeah, first half He's, he's just calm. He's calm, calm and composed, even with the ball at his feet. Uh, I know he started off shaky in preseason. Even in Brentford, had a bit, bit of some uh, one or two spooky moments. But even like the weight of his passes are good. Do you know what I like about him? Is his is his personality. Like this guy strikes me as a, a bit of a leader. So I, I think he's settled in really well. Looks like everyone likes him. I thought yeah, I thought he had a really good game, man. Big saves. Great shot stopper, calm on the ball. Yeah, man, he's he's had a very good after a shaky preseason. I remember that Barcelona game. I was watching him thinking, what is this guy doing, bro? <laughs> I don't know if you remember that uh when he tried to come out, tried to like head the ball and then missed it, then he had to run back and then slap the ball from the save. But yeah, man, he's he had a very good game. Nice way of his passes, calm, composed, some great saves. He's made some great saves. Who was it again? Chef, the Sheffield United save. Oh my god, like to get down that quick, even though the ball wasn't in the corner. It's like he's he's a he's a yeah. he's one to watch, man. I, and you know what? I think for him, I think he'll be starting for Italy very soon. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, like yeah. He, he's 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 highly listen. This is the thing when when um when we were doing our research on him in the summer, like all the noise about him in Italy was positive, like highly rated in Italy. Obviously, we didn't really know much about him in the UK. And obviously, David Raya was the number one target, right? And I can understand the disappointment in not signing David Raya. But it's it's funny because like... he had a much better game than Raya, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. He really like, did. Do you know what's crazy as well? Is that like, man, the confidence that a goalkeeper can give defenders as well. Bro, it's, I'm... it's, it's like, like, like so, so imagine like Tobes knows I was part of I am currently part of TLF FC, and last season we were getting, <laughs> we were getting and we were getting packed and potion right. And what's crazy is that one of the biggest issues with the team here was that we didn't have a goalie. Like every week we were trying to find a goalie, and the goalies that we were that we were we were picking. I'm not gonna lie, they were mid. They were mid. Like no, it wasn't working. No, no, no. You're, you're, and, you're, you're doing. 
You're being kind by saying. Listen, but this is the this is but this is the internet, man. I'm not I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to get this shit. Let's be no, no. <laughs> yeah, all we right, had, all right. We had Lorie, we had Lorie. <laughs> we had we had last season on steroids, bro. No, it was I crazy. Think. It was crazy. So like, do you know like, and this season now, new season, we have got a nice couple of recruits, and we got a goalie that gives us confidence and honestly it honestly makes such a difference throughout the whole defense because they now feel okay we can just do our game we can play our game and actually anything that comes up against that goalkeeper he's also going to be up to it as well and I kind of just feel like like I love Lloris man but the way his his tenure ended man it's crazy how this Vicario brother is making him look man it's crazy bro I'm telling you right now we would have lost that game with Larissa in goal, 100%. <laughs> That's because Larissa always had a bottle of Chianti before a game. <laughs> <laughs> we would have lost that game. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it's crazy uh, how. Larissa like, decent wine, keeper, boy. man. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, man. Uh, anyway, yeah, man. Big up, big up, Vicario, man. Um, and yeah, I feel like positive result for us. I feel like. A lot of Arsenal fans, I guess. Before, to be fair, I want to move on to Liverpool, but like it's really been irking me some of the some of the takes I've been hearing from them. How like they gifted us a point, they're over celebrating, like so much chat, man. Do you, know what, do, you know, what, do you know what I hate? Yeah, these men have had one good season in about seven, eight years, and they're talking. Like, they're the, one of the best teams in the world. It does my head in, bro. It's like, you've been good for one season in this long, and this is how you're talking. Like, they're talking like, bro, the sense of entitlement within that fan base is ridiculous, bro. Like, ah, oh, they're honestly, man, I can't wait till the humbling comes. It's going to come. I just I just can't wait. I will be there, man. Listen, I don't man. know. Part of me kind of wanted... Part of me kind of wanted them to not have them injuries and to see how the result was going to go. Because I was, I still felt that even with regards to how the people were talking about how the second half went and, you know, um, we had the, we had like 60% possession towards the end of the first half, but we were already in the ascendancy and there weren't any injuries. Uh, Odegaard wasn't really about. He wasn't about. Gabriel wasn't, wasn't even getting into areas and Ketty had a stinker. And still, we had Madison getting into places that he that, that was making them uncomfortable. Kulu was constantly getting into channels, and Brennan Johnson was even getting into areas. What's crazy is that in the home in the, that whole sort of first half, Sun had like twelve touches, and one of them was a goal. So I, I like this notion that oh the injuries and blah 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 that you know we were feeling this way. I would love to have seen how the game would have transpired had we had it would have been just straight eleven eleven with everyone, like, without those injuries and see how we, how we, we would have fed. Because I was kind of thinking that the end, the end of that first half was an indication of how the game was kind of going. And to be honest with you, we were going into that second half. We were going to, into the end of that first half thinking, OK, this is a good way to end. We've, gone, we've come back into the game and we've created some chances for ourselves. That was the, the, the doctor was calling Tobes to tell him to put it back on his headband. <laughs> You thought I was describing myself, you must. <laughs> you but, uh, I, I, I have to I have to disagree, man. I don't give a damn who played for them. At the end of the day, a team that finishes second and goes into the summer 
and doesn't make squad improvements, despite their biggest deficit last season being squad depth and quality in, in replacements, more fool them, innit? They, they, they've been given all this big talk for the last, what, 12 months? They put gold on their kit for leading the league and not winning it. Like, that's literally why they put gold on their kit. Because there's no other reason. They didn't win the title. They didn't win any silverware. They just did what they always do. They fell short. They did the arsey thing. And now they've just sat there and, and, and tried to give it Johnny Big Dick energy. And it's like, yeah, yeah, fam. like you drew the game at home. The joke is on you. Like, of oh, course, yeah. we're going to be the happiest set, set of fans. And even some of us, as, as I said, quite disappointed not to win the damn thing. So it's like, you didn't gift us shit. We went to your yard. We went to the carpet. We pulled the rug from under you. And onwards and upwards for us, isn't it? It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with it, and I feel like it sort of leads us on to the next fixture that we've, we've got up and coming this week, man. Because I guess this is pretty much the toughest period of our season to date. Obviously, playing Arsenal away from home last week, and now we're um, playing Liverpool at home this week. So play up against two sides who are part of what four at this point in time that are unbeaten, including us. Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal and ourselves. Um, it's a really, really wretched fixture for Tottenham, man. Ugh, I don't know, man. But I guess before we preview this, like, how, how do you guys stand on Liverpool as an opponent? Because I can't lie, I, I've kind of grown to hate Liverpool um, in recent years. And you know me, like, I when I hate, I hate hard. I really do. <laughs> I really do. And I really can't stand Liverpool these days. It just... The jamminess of some of the results against us, it actually makes me sick. It makes me sick, man. So, I don't know. Uh, si, I guess you're, you're, you're grinning there. Like, where do you stand on Liverpool and, and, and how do you see this 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 fixture uh, going for, for Spurs? Oh, yeah, mate. Uh, Hugo Lloris has been to the detriment of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club in this particular fixture for like the last, what, five, six years? It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous how many Hugo errors have led to Liverpool points. And, hey, listen, uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this year can be different. Uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. I think in years past, even under Pochettino, we had a very, very strange habit of turning up against Liverpool and not playing the same style of football. Like sitting back, trying to play on the counter, changing to diamonds, changing formations willy-nilly, putting personnel in places and positions that they weren't used to playing and ultimately just shit in the bed. And if last weekend was anything to go by, I have confidence in at the very least that we'll turn up and we'll try and play our style of football. And against a team like Liverpool, you have to impose as much of your will as possible on them and exploit their deficiencies, the very few that they do have. And I think we can do that. I genuinely think we can do that. Um, the highlight is going to be to see whether or not Odogi, two games on a trot, can go against everyone's anointed best right wing in the world um, and show up and perform. Because for my money, Salah is still the biggest threat for Liverpool. And if we do find a way to dampen his night, then I think we have a chance. Hundred percent, man. I think speaking on speaking on chances, I guess it will be remiss of me to actually like look at it from both sides, right? Because um, 
in my head, I'm thinking if we give Liverpool some of the chances that we gave a United or the one or two chances that we gave Arsenal in the first half, I feel like they have a much more lethal attack who will put us to the sword. But at the same time, I also look at what we can throw at them as well. I look at our midfield, the physical, the, the, the physical element of our midfielders, and I just look at them playing McAllister in the six. I look at the threat that we can carry in attack. I just feel like this is going to be yet another exciting game. And um, at the very least, I know obviously it's a bit, I, I want the win and I'm going to predict Spurs to win. But at the very least, it's going to be an exciting game of football where I can actually envision Tottenham setting out to hurt the opposition, which is annoyingly what we didn't do until it was too late last season. I'm not sure if you guys can recall. I think, Sai, we were we were obviously at the, the home game yeah. last year and it was just, we just basically threw away the first half and I was just yeah. so sick of Spurs just doing that in some of these games, just throwing away the first half, giving the opposition the initiative and then playing in the second half and realising, oh, wait a second, we can actually hurt this team and just leaving it too late, man. It's just... It's nasty, man. I, and I feel like at the very least, we're going to give it a go now. But uh, Tops, I wanted to I want to come to you on this as well, right? Because in your eyes, what obviously Liverpool's Liverpool's attack is the biggest component right now that's functioning on, on uh, across the board all season so far. But Konate back in the in the team, Van Dijk back in the team. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Trent is going to be back. Are you a bit are you apprehensive on Spurs getting a result here? Does that deter you um, in your in your view of Spurs getting a result against Liverpool this upcoming weekend? <coughs> um, re- remind me, last season that was when Dyer gave two of those chances away. So the first, uh, no, nah, not I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him so much for the first goal. I think it was the second one. The second one, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, how do I feel? I feel like this is another lit- litmus test. Um, this is another litmus test in in our development. Um, be it six or seven games in, uh, I feel like I mentioned uh, two pods ago. This is the kind of game that we need to now start winning um, for us to kind of move to what would be the next sort of stage of where I think we should be in terms of our resurgence back to where like you know the top parts of the table um, competing with some of the bigger sides. Uh, these big games at home. Um, are huge. Uh, I don't want to say that they, they should be gimmies, but most of these teams who are pretty good at, uh, in the league, uh, we're looking, you know, in isolation, Newcastle, Arsenal at home, um, Man City at home, Liverpool at home, you know, their home grounds are very, very difficult grounds to go to. And I kind of feel that we need to kind of create not just an atmosphere, but um, a style of play that makes it completely difficult for these guys to come uh, and play. When I think of uh, Liverpool, they do look a bit of a different side. Um, I feel like from an attacking perspective, they have shooters. They have they actually have goals across that front three. Um, they're using Nunes in a way which is getting a lot of the ball in and around um, where he kind of wants it in those channels and in behind. Um, Salah will always be Salah. Um, and it does look like their midfield are playing in a lot more of a progressive way um, than they have been. Um, they've been using Jones as like a left eight. Um, and so Bozlai kind of been picking up that right that right eight, sort of right half space or, or 10 area um, and supporting um, not only Salah, but um, Nunes. So I think, first of all, for us to get a decent result, I think we have to get through a lot of work. 
in that midfield. But I think they're going to have to also get through a lot of work, probably more defensive work than they probably would like. Um, I feel that we're also going to have to be able to somehow nullify Salah. I think that's massively important. Um, and I also feel that we need to make sure that we get our guys who can absolutely run at their fullbacks uh, as much as they can. Uh, Kulu, he's been very, very good this season in not only receiving the ball in the channels, but also in his infield passes, especially into the box, similar for Madison, where a lot of his passes have been predominantly from that left middle into the half space on the left or that sort of central part, that central part infield towards Sun. I feel like Sun's going to have a difficult day um, because he's playing against two extremely physical guys in Konate and Van Dijk. And like I said earlier, um, Ponge's... Uh, Postacoglu's centre-forwards don't tend to get that many touches because a lot of the, although a lot of the build-up is central, um, those nines that he usually kind of employs are ones to, to largely finish off the chances that are created for them. And I feel against those two centre-backs, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Liverpool look good this season. I, I'm, I've watched quite a few of the games. They absolutely packed West Ham. They absolutely packed Aston Villa. Um, I was like weirdly surprised how good they were in that second half against uh, Newcastle. Um, and even on the opening day, there was enough for me to look like, OK, this Liverpool team looks like they're kind of on the way. Um, people can be like, maybe they haven't played as many good teams, but they beat, you know, they beat Villa quite comfortably at home. They beat uh, Newcastle with 10 and obviously they drew to Chelsea. So again, I think for them, even more so, this is also a litmus test as to where they are. Um, you have to be apprehensive. Like this is a game that we haven't won in a decade. We haven't beaten Liverpool. We won. Sorry, we've won once in 2017 at home. That was the only victory we've had against Klopp. So um, I think he'll always feel confident that he can maybe try get a result over us. But it has to change. This, you know, these dumb, stupid runs, man. They've got to come to an end. They've got to come yeah, to man. an end. Word to word to my fellow Baldy, um, Eric Ten Hag, errors. Errors come to an end, and I'm gonna need this error to come. <laughs> I'm gonna need this error to come to an emphatic end this this Saturday, man. Um, you made a good point around like some of the areas that um, Liverpool have definitely improved in. And I can see. I saw some stat the other day about how like all of their. I think after he assisted yesterday, Endo assisted all of their midfielders that have started got like a, a goal contribution. A goal, a goal contribution so far this season. I have a goal or, or an assist, so it's clear that they're playing a much more offensive style. Um, I do think they have been Im improved, and they're continuing their end of form, the end of season form from last year, where they're just picking up points. And I feel like in some of these games, they don't even look convincing. I watched that Wolves game, and they ran out deservedly 3-1 winners because I think they obviously they're a much better side than Wolves and they showed it in the second half but in the first half they were under ropes man Bellegarde Bellegarde was punching up their midfield Chelsea I saw them at Stamford Bridge listen Chelsea obviously Stamford Bridge away it's not an easy game to play first game of the season but Chelsea could have destroyed them if they if they even put away like two or three of their chances so I'm looking at this game and as much as I can see Liverpool breaching our defence and causing us problems. I'm seeing it as a, as an opportunity for us to flex our muscles as well and finally put this hoodoo behind us. Um, Ash, I want to come to you on this as well because I feel like there are definitely some matchups on the field that are going to be key. Obviously, Sai mentioned Destiny and, and Salah, but um, which other areas of the pitch do you feel like the man-to-man matchups are going to be important for Spurs to actually get 
success in this game. Do you know, I'll come to that question in a bit, yeah, but I, I just want to talk on Liverpool. Listen, for me, I am going. I will be pissed off if we don't win this game, right? And I'll tell you why. I've watched them against Newcastle this season, Villa, Wolves and Chelsea. I've watched four out of their six games, yeah, and I watched the highlights against West Ham and watched the full game. For me, Liverpool seriously lack control over games, right? They can't control games. They're too... The amount of times that they are turning over possession by... I've seen it a lot this season, just hopeless long balls from defence, whether it's Trent or Robertson. Uh, a lot of the times it comes from Robertson, where he just whacks the ball into midfield, ball gets turned over, right? Against Chelsea, you saw it. Lacked control, right? Second half, Chelsea dominated them, right? Bro, I'm sorry, Newcastle, again, second half, Newcastle dominated Liverpool, yeah? They got the nice half chance at the end, brilliant finish by Nunes. You just got to put your hat off to them, right? But in these games, Liverpool have not been able to control the games. And that is a fact. You can't, that, that cannot be argued with, right? Bro, I watched the Wolves game 90 minutes. Wolves should have... Uh, Cunha missed two abs. Was it two? I think it was him. Or it was either him or something. There was two sitters that were missed in the first half. And I'm talking one of them was a point-blank sitter. We could, they could have easily have gone into that half-time at Wolves, 3-0 down. Yeah? So... Then you look at the West Ham game, that header, header from Suchek, unbelievable save, bottom corner. Bro, I'm sorry, man. For me, Liverpool attack, yes, they are very impressive. But from when you look at the things, like I said, mentioned, they have a lack of control over games, too many turnovers of possession. For me, knowing that how, how they're playing, I will be pissed off if we don't win this game because I feel that it's very unlikely that they are going to come to our ground and play us off the park for 90 minutes. I can almost guarantee that that is not going to happen. And if that doesn't happen and we take our chances, we should be winning this game. The only way that I see us not winning this is two things happen. Bullshit, bullshit, usual bullshit that happens against Liverpool penalty or someone does some dumb stuff, right? Or we don't take our chances and it, we just have one of those days in front of goal where we can't score, right? In terms of, like, personal matchups, it's a tough one, man. You see, like, Salah, Destiny could have the greatest game and he could have Salah on lock, right? But then Salah, all he needs is that one moment, bang. It's either a world-class assist, like outside of his boot, bang. You know, like, how Salah is, produces world-class moments week in, week out, right? So in terms of matchups... I wouldn't really look at that, but I think their fullbacks, we absolutely have to get at them. Whether it's Trent, whether it's Gomez, both of them, we have to be getting at them. Midfield wise, I think we're going to win that, right? I'm not really sure about this whole McAllister as a number six. Definitely got more physicality than them. They are going to threaten a bro. Their attack is elite. You give them half a chance and they're going to hurt you, right? They got one Diaz lethal in 1v1s, right? They attack, the way that they attack is, is dangerous and we are going to get caught in the transition where we lose the ball and they do these really direct, fast attacks that are going to hurt us. But the chances that Liverpool have been given away, if they do that to us, we have to win that game for me. And I will be pissed off if we don't win that game, I'll be very honest. 
Fair enough, man. Um, I, I do think definitely the areas you've mentioned are points that I would have picked as well. Like I feel like Andy Robertson has been definitely a weak spot for Liverpool this season. Obviously, Trent is injured and Gomez being played out in that right-back position. And he's had his moments where he's looked good, but he's also had his moments where he's looked shaky. And I do think the key is definitely in that in that midfield battle. Also, as well, like, you see Kanate, yeah? We should be doing everything we can to get Liverpool to build up through him because he is not good on the ball. He's not, yeah? They're obviously going to try and do it through Van Dijk, who's probably one of the best, even till now, right? But that's an- Kanate is another person that I'll be targeting. I think you know, I think he's to be fair, like he may not be as good as Van Dyke, but I think he, he can he can be trusted in, in build up for me, you know. But um so I, I wanted to, to 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 come back to you on this, right? Speaking on 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 Liverpool, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I just feel I actually feel like now to Topsy's point, we we definitely need to sort of set ourselves those like achievable targets. Obviously, this one coming so soon after the Arsenal game, um, it's not ideal. But in your opinion, how do you actually see this game ending? Like, do you, do you, do you see this as a game like Ash that we should feel disappointed if we don't go on to win? Or, or are you going to be a bit cautious? Um, I think Liverpool, Liverpool are a beatable team if you get everything right on the day. And... Obviously, they've they've been free scoring this season. They've scored three goals in most of their games, to be perfectly honest. I think Chelsea might have been the only one where they didn't get three. Um, but in order to score, you need to have the ball, right? Even, even if it's in moments, you need to have the ball, either in transition or in possession. So I think if we can if we can create enough of an uncomfortable atmosphere for them in terms of establish real territorial advantage, minimise mistakes, finish our chances, then there's no reason why we can't walk out with a victory. Um, Every game over the last few years has come down to Spurs mistakes or refereeing decisions that we've complained about. Mm -hmm. So again, as long as we minimise the chaos, then I think we can can get a result. Fair. And I guess I want to... I want you to sorry, Ash. I want I want you to also answer the next question then. So, and I guess I want to go around. So I'll start. I'll, I'll stick on on you with this. What team do you feel that Ange should deploy to make sure that Spurs can get those ingredients right on the day to beat Liverpool? Like, who would you pick in the attack? Because obviously we've spoken about Son. Son is obviously going to play through the middle because of his recent form, but. Kulisevsky's obviously got his place locked down on the right at this point in time. So who starts on the left for you? Um, Solomon, Johnson? Do you move Son on the left and play Richarlison because of the two centre-backs? What team are you going? do you feel that he should play to try and ensure the best chance possible of getting three points against Liverpool? I, I, do, I do genuinely think that Richarlison will take his role in the centre just to cause a bit of havoc. Um Son 1v2 against Konate and uh, Van Dijk is going to get a bit sticky. Whereas no matter who you play on that right-hand side of uh, Liverpool's defence, there's going to be space in behind. There's going to be space. There's going to be there's going to be opportunities for you to get Son isolated, running in behind. And I feel like that that outlet is going to be critical to us. 
even even if you do start with someone like Solomon or Brennan Johnson, you're gonna need you're gonna need Sun running in those channels and finding pockets that maybe draw draw space away from the center of the pitch, allowing uh, runners to run in uh, in those gaps on the on the underlap or uh, arriving late in the box. So we're gonna have to be a little bit more creative in in the way that we attack that back line. And I, I'm not too fussed about personnel. I just want to make sure that Sun gets positioned in key areas to be dangerous often and with adequate support from the rest of the team. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's whether he starts from the left or the middle. Yeah, I do think this, I, I think you've actually, <laughs> I was actually thinking this the last couple of hours because all week I was thinking, hmm, he's probably going to start Johnson. And I don't mind Brennan Johnson playing on the left uh, and sun through the middle, right? But like you said, the space in behind is just going to be delicious on both sides. I really think we we need to do everything we can to to maximise that. And I'm just thinking, Sun, when I looked at how we played against Liverpool last season, when Perisic had joined the left-hand side in the second half against Trent, and even in the game where we were 3-0 down, consistently on that side, we had acres and acres of space to to work with um it'll be interesting man it'll be interesting I, I do think bringing in Richarlison makes sense right because I feel like if we're going to win this game we absolutely need to ensure that Sun gets put in the best positions possible to score because I feel like to be a goalkeeper of Allison's quality we're going to need Sun to be you're going to need to get him into 1v1s definitely yeah go on no, I was saying you you'd you'd need to get Son in what try and get him in one v one situations with with Allison. Hmm. No, I, I I agree, man. I agree. In terms of who I think should start, go on. I'm I'm keeping it the same, man. Because obviously you got two wide. I, I'm not really keen on Son on the left. I haven't been keen on him on the left for many years, as some of you know. Um, so I'm, I'll stick with Johnson. You know, run at the fullbacks, whether it's Trent or Gomez. Either both of them are just not at the races defensively. So I'm going to keep it the same. Uh, I think Richarlison could be good coming off the bench. Do you know what it is with Richarlison, man? I'm just, I just feel that like certain games where he just, he doesn't really have many good games. Let's have it right, yeah. When he starts, there's very rarely does he have a good game, and I just feel that to a big risk where we might just throw away the game with him starting for a. Let's say like he plays like the first seventy minutes, and if he doesn't have a good game, I just feel that we would have wasted that. Do you know what I mean, I prefer him. I prefer Richarlison coming off the bench, honestly. And I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad yeah. at that. Overall, I feel like as long as as long like like to to both your points, as long as we exploit their weakness, whether we do it with Son or whether we do it with Johnson or whoever, the key is exploiting the vulnerabilities that they've shown. They've shown us um, so far, so far in the Premier League this season. But I, I, I must admit, um, and I, and I'm confident Basuma's gonna Basuma's gonna do what Basuma's done so far this season. But that Sabozla, what, what are they calling him, Sabozla, Sabozla. Do you know what this guy? <laughs> this guy is dangerous, bro. If you give Doing this well. guy Doing two well. or three seconds outside the box, it's going into the top corner, bro. Doing well, man. This is it. I feel like they're very. In a, he's in a like a matchman. You get it? He's a yeah, matchman. 
this is it. This is it. And that's what I'm saying. In, in a lot of ways, I feel like what they lack in control um, in comparison to their teams of, of previous years, they have now in just pure potency. Like yeah. if the attackers aren't firing, they've now got Sabozlai, who's going to launch like a 20 or 30 yard off from nowhere or, or, or pack it with his left or right foot. So they're going to be a very, very, very dangerous opponent for Spurs. But I still feel like we've got enough in us to... Like you see win. that Newcastle game, that was a prime example. They got dominated the whole game. Two moments from Nunes, bang, game over. That that is that's that's what they're about this season. They ain't gonna control games, but you give them half a chance and they're they're lethal, man. I, do you know what that Nunes guy does worry me a little bit? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, Romero versus Nunes. Uh, Mickey versus Nunes. Like we're actually I, I very fortunate Mickey, you know. that these guys are very athletic. They're extremely quick, um, and they're actually very competent defenders. Like I'm not really, don't really want to be down on another team's players. But when I watch Nunes, he's not technically good. Like, and I'm sorry. Like, 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 let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just be real. Like, and when I say this, I don't even mean like, does he receive it on the half turn? Does he receive it in tight spaces? Can he pop passes around the corner? I'm talking. Basic pass to feet, touch to move it out of your feet to maybe create a passing angle or passing lane for someone. Like this brother is not good, and for me, that's enough of a of a confidence to feel like we have defenders who I think now are not only physically and athletically competent, but also technically able to be able to defend against someone like this. I I actually mm. think they're gonna have real issues. In this game, and the only issues I think they're gonna have is how they get the ball to someone like him. Because you see what from... you see the thing is with him, Topsy. I agree with you. Like technically, he's not great, but there are times where he's shown that all he needs is a half chance. And I know he's he's shown terrible finishing before, but he's yeah. also shown he's dangerous. Times when he just needs a half chance. Well, he goal. is. He's he's extremely dangerous. And for me. <laughs> When I look at the way that Liverpool set up, especially how they've now created a system that actually suits him to get him the ball, for Liverpool, in my opinion, the game will be won in how effective their attackers are in the game. Uh, how high they press, how, how they can force mistakes in our defensive third. But in my opinion, and I really do mean this, whether or not we win the game, I think is about how we win the midfield battle. I, I genuinely feel that I need to see how much work we can put Shabozlai, Bikalister, Jones, Endo, Gravenberch, whoever they put in there. If they can get through the work that our midfield is going to put them through and they can get through successfully, that's to me a more of an indication of where the game will go. I feel like we've actually been very good from a defensive perspective. There's a lack of mistakes. We're not given actually that many chances away. But I feel for me personally, when I think about how the game could go, it's very much going to be hinging on their ability to take any mistakes or any opportunities that we give them and also the ability of who wins that midfield battle, which I think we will edge. I just think that there's too much. I just think there's too much work for Liverpool to get through from a defensive perspective. Um, you're going to have Shaboslai in the role that he's playing. He's going to be wanting to get on the ball, but he's not going to have much of the ball. You're looking at McAllister, who's going to be having to do a lot of defensive work 
tracking those runs from Saar, tracking those runs from Madison. It's it's going to be a tight one, but yeah. I, th- I think we'll edge it. I just I think we'll edge it. I think we'll edge it. I think ha- I think having someone like having a midfielder like Basuma really really tilts this in 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 our favor for me when we're talking about the midfield battle because I feel like he's the most press resistant midfielder that's going to play on the pitch on Saturday evening and having having his skill set to not only be able to protect the ball but to actually initiate our attack is going to be key and then also having his excellent defensive his defensive skill set as well alongside Sars physical physical and defensive capabilities as well is going to be key right because I feel like Sabozla, from what I've seen, he's a he's a grafter, man. He 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 gets through a lot of work, right? He he puts himself out there for Liverpool as well. But I feel having those two profiles in Basuma and Saar in our midfield, I think is going to be key. And then Madison, obviously, Madison will do his magic uh, at the top end of the pitch and even come come short um, to try and influence things in the first and and second phase, man. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't expect us to to blow them away because they're always carrying a threat. We've seen it many, many times. But if I'm being serious, in addition to Ange and what we've seen this season, the main the main element of my confidence is this comment from Soft, which is, and he literally says it here, Spurs always beat themselves in the pool games. No bonehead mistakes, Spurs win. We've basically decreased the bozoness by like, 60% in the starting 11. Let's be real. The guys who have been repeat offenders for mistakes in years gone by, they're no longer in the side. They're not going to be playing on the on the weekend. So touch wood, and I'm not pausing before all of you. <laughs> touch wood. Oh, God. That should result in Spurs making fewer mistakes <laughs> and playing their usual game so far this season, which in turn hopefully will get us three points, man. Um Guys, let's 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 go around the the room and and, and get some score predictions down. Um, si, I'm going to start with you because I feel like you obviously have earned the right to predict first after last week. What are you going for score wise? Uh, give wrong, us a scorer. Give us a scorer. If I'm wrong, I'm strong. Three uh, two Spurs. Three two Spurs. Um, to be honest, I'm a bit pissed that Perisic is injured because I think feel like. Set pieces late in the game might decide it. Um, Sun definitely bags. Sun definitely bags, and I've got Madison getting on the goal sheet, and then some random for the third goal. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I didn't. I didn't polish my crystal ball. <laughs> Man said he didn't rub his head. Hey, listen, I'm not the one rubbing wood out here, man. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Ash, I'm going to go with you next. What's your score prediction? I'm going to go the same. I'm going to go 3 2 Spurs, Brennan Johnson to score his his first goal, Son to score. And yeah, a 3 2 win. But do you know what? From a neutral's perspective, this is going to be box office football, man. This is going to be one hell of a game. Mm. Tops? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I I don't see this game not being a three-two. Yeah. I don't see this game not being a three-two. I I feel like we've got to a position where we can score goals regularly, and I feel like also Liverpool are a team that no matter where they go, home or away, they'll score. Um, I think um, Kulu will. He's going to be on score sheet. He's definitely getting one. 
over Robbo. Um, and I think Sun's getting a brace. Fair. I think um, I think both teams are joint second highest scorers this season. Actually, no, joint third highest scorers so far this season. Um, I'm actually going to go for a three-two as well. Uh, that's the that's the result I've had in my head all week. I feel like both teams aren't going to be able to keep each other up, but I, I, I'm banking on the guys like Son and Madison influencing the game process, topping the pitch. And don't be surprised if Richardson gets in the score. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You can help, you, you can help yourself. You actually couldn't help yourself, man. You can help Bird feed. Look at his bird feed. Feed you know, I can help you. need that in Cross into the box. Bang. You know what I just hope, yeah? I just hope, look, for me... If we, for me, the way I see it, if we take our chances, we have to win this. That's just how I see it. I don't see us. I'd like I said earlier, I don't see Liverpool coming here playing us off the park in both parts. Don't see it happening. Fair, fair. Well, guys, it's it's been great having you on this week. Um, for those who are still watching, make sure you smash the like button as well. Make sure you're following us across all socials. New Spurs order one word on Instagram, on Twitter. And on TikTok as well. Don't even know how to use that app, but we're there. Um, and also make sure you're following the main parent social media accounts. Touchline Fracker, one word, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Mandem, enjoy the rest of your Thursday evenings. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you get a good result. And for those who are watching, take care and make sure you're back next week. Peace. Take care, lads. Peace. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.